0: like, what in the world was that? So uh, Monday morning I came in. I wasn't the man on the run. I'm going to talk about the man on the run. But I came in Monday morning. I said, Carlin. First I had to tell him myself. I said, Carlin, I got a great idea for my sermon next Sunday. I need your help. Of course, Carlin being who he is, he said, sure. What do you got going? I said, I need you to play this little 30-second ditty before I come up to go along with Man on the Run. And I said, here's what I gotta tell him myself. All these years, I'm at home thinking about it, and you know, before I talked to Carlin that Monday, I was at home thinking, I wanna do this. And I'm looking for the song, Man on the Run on YouTube. And I'm like, and it pops up some techno thing. I'm like, no, this is not it. I know what it is, Man on the Run. I mean, I've heard it. So I'm looking, and below it I see you know, Paul McCartney, Band on the Run, I'm like, hmm. So I click on it. I was wrong all these years. It's Band on the Run, not Man on the Run. So I had to tell him myself when I asked him about this, I said, we could just change that first word anyway and make it Man on the Run. So that's why they did the little intro for me. Appreciate that told on myself, because I I just hadn't. Everybody ever get lyrics wrong before? and You think it's one thing? We've got a cousin that thought it was, give me the beach boys and free my soul. (laughs) So it happens. Jonah chapter one, man on the run. Jonah chapter one, verse one, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. That's the start. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Why did the word of the Lord come to Jonah? Because Jonah is a prophet, and that's what happens. God spoke to the prophets. They gave the word to the people, okay? The word of the Lord, what we need to realize today, the word of the Lord is still going on the earth today. He is still speaking to people, wanting to speak to people, work through people, give people words, and we need to understand that, that God's still speaking, okay? Are we listening That's the thing we've got to ask ourselves. Are we listening? It's not that God isn't speaking, but are we listening? And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, what's amazing about Jonah is his name. It actually means dove. So Jonah's name means dove. And the funny thing about birds is when there's danger or storm coming, they know to leave before it gets there. They know to take off and fly away and find a safe place so they're not going to be harmed. Jonah means dove. And he was a reluctant prophet. He was one that was running away. Okay? A good question to ask ourselves this morning is what are you running away from today that you should be running to? And our youth, they're asking that right now. There's a lot of things and for Jaden to get up here and do that. If you know Jaden... That's a big deal, and I'm glad she ran to that instead of running away from her fears and insecurities about things. We all have those. God calls us to do something, and we run away from it because, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that. So this morning, what are you running away from today that you should be running to? Who's had some great things happen in their life over the years? Anybody in here? Yeah, we all have, right? We've had some great things happen. I want those things to continue in my life and in your life, right? So when God speaks things to us, we need to run to them. Even if they are struggles, even if they are storms that we're going to come up against, run into them instead of running away from them. Why? Because on the other side of those storms, on the other side of those problems, could be the destiny that God had for you. If you can push through those things instead of running away from them. Again, Jonah's name means dove, reluctant. He flies away, and I guarantee you there's a Jonah in all of us this morning. All of us have this inside of us that we want to run away when things get hard or when God gives us a word that's going to be challenging. We want to run away. It's inside all of us. So man on the run. Jonah chapter 1 verse 2, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. The very first thing we discover in the book of Jonah, that's it's going to help us today, help you in your life, God does not always tell you to do things that you're going to like. Ooh. He is not always going to tell you to do things that you're going to like or want to do. Amen? When God speaks to you, it isn't necessarily going to be something that we're just going to take off with and run with. This is going to be a challenge sometimes, and it's going to be tough. And Jonah kind of gets a bad rap in church. Um, a lot of people probably find it easy to preach on him because you think, well, what an idiot. Why don't you just do what God said to do? I'm great. He's an idiot. Why? I mean, what was his problem? Just do what God said. And that's how we are, and the church kind of gives him a bad rap on this. But again, there's a Jonah inside all of us. Okay. He had a legitimate reason why he did not want to go to Nineveh. It was the capital city of Assyria. Okay? And you're like, well, so what does that mean? I ask myself the same thing. Okay? Capital city of Assyria. It was a worldwide power, and it was known as a barbaric community. It was against Israel and where Jonah was from. It was against, I mean, it was his enemy. So God gives him this word to go there on this mission barbaric community that's against what he's doing against what he believes in and he wants them to take the mission there so it wasn't like he was just saying no no I don't want to do that if I go there I could die that's what Jonah's saying to himself I could die the Assyrians were known for going through communities and towns and just destroying it barbarically Killing and torturing everyone. They'd bury people in the sand. Leave their heads above. So they'd die like that. They would take the heads of all the men. And outside the city. Whatever city they took over. They'd pile them up like pyramids. So they knew the Assyrians came through there. And God's telling Jonah to go. Hey buddy. need you to go over there. And Jonah's like no. I'm going to die if I go there. And us. You know this is. This is a word that's challenging for Jonah that God gives him. It's a big deal to go where God's asked him to go, but us, we have a hard time inviting our cashier from Dollar General to church or somebody at Walmart to church, right? It's not like God's asking us to go to Assyria. And, and it hasn't really changed over the years. It's now known as Iraq, so not a lot's changed there. But God is asking him to go here, and he doesn't want to go. He's called to serve his enemy at this time. Sound like anybody else we know? Jesus was called to serve his enemies. Again, God is going to speak to you in the future, and he's going to tell you, or he's going to put in your spirit some things that that you may not want to do, or you're not even going to like doing. But it's going to require you to trust him, to depend on him for things. We like to do things on our own and try to figure things out on our own, but there's going to be words that are given to you, the challenge is given to you, things put into your spirit that God wants you to do, and you have to trust and lean into him during those times and rely on his strength and power. We talked about that in some of our prayers this morning. His strength, his power, his timing. We have to rely on all of that and not what we can do. We're not going to be able to do it on our own. God wants to absolutely exhaust his grace in your life. Every one of us. He wants to give you so much grace as you battle things. You might have a legitimate reason in here why you don't do want to do what God's called you to do. Or why you're delaying your obedience to God. There's people in here that are delaying your obe- obedience to God. And how many of you guys know that delayed obedience is still disobedience? Disobedience. It is. Any of you that have kids and they were little, what do we do? One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, they're disobeying. We're giving them a countdown. They're delaying their obedience. And some of us, are with, we're like that with God. He's on like two and three quarters and we're like, I don't know if I can do this. We're still delaying the obedience. It's disobedience. When God speaks to you, again, it's not always going to be what you like. And some of you guys are waiting on that word from God in your life that you're going to like. And a newsflash for you is, you may never get that word. You may be waiting forever for that word you like from God. as Christians, we're hilarious sometimes. We kind of pick and choose things that we want to believe in the Bible or, or words that God give us. Ah, That's not, no, he's not saying that to me. I'm not going to believe that one. That has nothing to do what I need to do in my life. And, and we pick and choose what we're going to obey with him. And being a coach, can you imagine? I didn't, I played football my freshman year, and then I went out again my senior year, and I broke my arm in half my first game my senior year. So it didn't last long, but can you imagine if, during football, coach was wanting to call this play, and i say, "Ah, Coach, I'm not going to play on this one. And he'd look at me like, What do do you mean, Rick? Why aren't you going to play? Well, on this play right here, there's usually a pretty good chance I get hit pretty hard and get tackled, and it's going to hurt. So I don't want to be a part of it. But... If I can look at it from the aspect of, if I get tackled, if I get hit really hard on this play, this could mean that my team scores a touchdown. Same thing with you, when God gives you a word, it might hurt a little bit, it might stretch you out of your comfort zone, you're gonna have to do things that you're not used to doing, but what if it means a victory for the church, for God's kingdom? Will you do it? When God calls you to do something, And this is another important thing to remember. When he calls you to do something, it's not for your glory, it's for his glory. Not for your glory, it's for God's glory when you're doing these things. Throughout the Bible, there's there's different stories of people that did things for God. And I think a lot of them, it wasn't because they wanted to, it was because they were willing to. There's going to be words that God gives you that, I don't want to do that but will you be willing to do it? And that's all throughout the Bible. You know, David, I kind of talked with this with our C.I.Y. Believe trip the other night. David, you think he wanted, wanted to fight a giant? I mean, he had, I told them, I said he probably had like five armpit hairs in a slingshot. You think he wanted to or was, but he was willing to trust in God through that process. You know, Daniel in the lion's den, did he think, man, I want to jump in there and hope these kitties don't bite me. He was willing. A lot of them in there probably didn't want to do that, but they were willing and trusted in God to provide whatever they needed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't wake up and say, I hope we get burned in the furnace today. But they were willing to trust God through that process. May not have wanted to, but they were willing because they knew who was on their side. Faith and obedience are two things that please God still today. Faith in him and obedience to what he's called you to do. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3, But Jonah the dove ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from God. Another thing I want to tell you guys this morning is there's always going to be a boat that's headed in the wrong direction. God can put a call on your life, can tell you exactly what he wants you to do to get on this boat and sail with him and do what you're supposed to do. But there's always going to be another boat, another path that you can choose and disobey what God's put on your life. They're always going to be available. He called him to go to Nineveh. And the funny thing about this is is it was 500 miles kind of northeast of where he was, so it took a few days to get there. Instead, okay, he doesn't want to go there. He wants to go in the opposite direction, 2,500 miles the wrong way to the south of Spain. And in our lives, sometimes when God puts a calling on us, we put a lot more effort into disobeying God's calling than we do to actually just do what he asked us to do. Quiet in here. It's always quiet when I preach. I don't know. I don't know. A lot more effort to disobey God than what it would have been if we just obeyed Him in the first place and trusted Him. When God speaks to us and gives us a word, it's like out of nowhere, here comes this other boat. Ooh, I'm just going to go this way instead. Maybe you're in a relationship and God's told you and told you and told you, and I preach this to the kids all the time, you're not supposed to be in that relationship. And then the boyfriend or girlfriend says, I'm really going to get things right with God. Now, I know I am. There's that boat going in the wrong direction. You're going to go ahead and hop back on it and trust what the boyfriend or girlfriend says. Or maybe it's, you know, I know God wants me to give up the addictions that I have in my life, and then all of a sudden those people in your life that took you down that path on that boat pop up again. God, I was going to try to fight this addiction, this, these problems, but here's this other boat again. I'm going to get on it. Maybe it's, I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to diet, I'm going to get in better shape. I've been saying that for 16 years now. And then the Oasis Oasis fish fry happens tomorrow, you know. Maybe that's the other boat I jump on tomorrow, you know. It happens like that, though. There's always a boat that goes in another direction from what God's called you to do. Maybe it's gossip. God, I'm going to control my tongue. I am not going to gossip anymore. And sure enough, you walk out of the church and somebody calls you up. Did you hear about so and so? There you are on that other boat again. Any any one of these boats just seems to pop up when you're trying to commit to God and do what He wants. Doesn't it just seem like other things happen? You pray for patience and then you get stuck in a traffic jam. There's another boat we could take. Again, every time He speaks to us, there'll be an appearance that there's more options. But just because there appears to be multiple options doesn't mean that there's multiple ways. There's only one way to get where you need to go in God, and that's through him and his son, Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you're going to get that calling and and succeed in that calling on your life. One way, God's way, Jesus' way. Get on the right boat going in the right direction. I was thinking in my personal life, what have I done? You know, God knows I've done a lot of stepping on the wrong boat in my life. I could tell you story after story where I just took a different boat instead of what God called me to do, over and over again. But now in my life, what am I doing to keep myself from getting on the wrong boat? And there's three things that kind of popped up to me, and the first one is intimacy with God. And if you break that down, into me, see, into me see if we're if we're looking at God's character and who God is as a person and what he's about and have that intimacy of getting to know him not just getting to know him but him to know us if we let him in into our heart heal things restore things and we get to know him on his level that's intimacy with God that's what he wants for us and if you're struggling if you're going through a storm or you're going through a situation where you're getting on that other boat my first question would be how's your intimacy with God Because if I'm keeping that close relationship with him, I'm going to want to do what he wants me to do in my life. Second thing to help me not get on the wrong boat is Bible application. Not just reading it, but applying it. Being a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Applying that to my life and using it. How can I use this in my life? How can I apply this to my daily walk? Bible application. The third thing is community with believers. How do I stay on the right boat that God has for me? Community with believers. You're looking at them all around you. When you lay out a church, you don't have that community of believers. You skip a few weeks, come back, you've lost three weeks with a community of believers that believe in you. That are on the same mission that you're on. When we start surrounding ourselves with people that aren't in our community of believers, everybody likes to have buddies and friends, a lot of them, okay? But your inner circle, they need to know what your heart is for God. George, Mark, Carlin, everybody I work with here, they need to know what my heart is for youth. That way, if I start slacking, my community of believers, my inner circle, hey, man, You sure everything's going all right? I kind of see you struggling. I I see you going through some things. I have that inner circle that knows the man I want to be, the husband I want to be, the father I want to be. They know, and they can hold me accountable. And some people just don't like letting people in. You know, it's a big deal to let people in, but you have to have that inner circle of believers that believe the same as you, that can encourage you, that can lift you up, that can help you through things. Otherwise, the long, I mean, Everybody can have friends, and you can get those friends and want to be your buddy, and before you know it, they've taken you on a boat that you didn't want to go on. You get surrounded by people that are doing one certain thing, and you become like that, that group. You're on the wrong boat. And some of you this morning, this is your moment to stop running from God. This is your moment this morning to stop running Don't be a man on the run or a woman on the run. Stop running from what God has for you this morning. Accept it. As challenging as it can be, accept it and run with it. The calling that he has on your life. Not away from it. And some of you in here are saying, I don't have any Christian friends to be accountable to. There's 400 around here. Get linked in with somebody. Everyone in this church will love you. Whoever you pick to be in your little inner circle of friends, they will love you. They will encourage you. If they're not, let us know. We'll have a talk with them. Okay? We're here to help you. We're here to encourage each other. A family. To get you to where you are being, everything that God's called you to be. If the praise team will come back up. I'll go ahead and read through the rest of this real quick. And verse 4 says, And the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell asleep into a deep sleep. Verse 6, The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? In verse 12, "Pick me up and throw me into the sea," he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you." Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, "Please Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you, Lord. have done as you pleased." Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. I'm not even going to get into that side of things. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So here's an observation from the rest of that. God may use a storm in your life to wake you up. I've spoke about a storm that we went through that really woke me up spiritually with our son. Where I went from cursing God to embracing all that God had for me. This could be where we're in our walk right now, that we're in the middle of a storm, just like Jonah was. And the great thing about that was he, back where I was reading, he he remembered who he was and who he belonged to. I serve God. And sometimes as we get in those storms, we need to remember who we're serving, who's on our side. He remembered then And as soon as he was tossed overboard in this incredible storm, everything went calm. I don't know what God's called you to do. Everybody has different callings, different giftings that God's put on your life. I don't know what yours is. A lot of you. I don't know what it is. But don't Delay in your obedience to God. Do what he's called you to do. Stop waiting. Stop waiting and trust in him. Maybe you're supposed to be somebody that teaches a class here. Maybe you're supposed to start tithing in the church. Obey what God's putting on you and trust that he'll provide. He'll take care of you. Maybe you're supposed to start up a group in this church for you know, whatever. Maybe God's put that on you. Stop delaying. Be obedient to what he's called you to do. Again, every once in a while to wake you up out of the sleep that we get in sometimes, God may have to send a storm your way to remind you, I'm here. It's me who you need to rely on. It's me who you need to depend on. My grace is sufficient for you. I have the strength. I have the power to get you through you guys would stand and bow your heads. Again, this storm doesn't just wake up Jonah physically, it wakes him up spiritually. He remembers who he is in God. I worship the Lord, he said. I'm a child of God, I'm under his control. Though the seas are raging in my life, I'm God's, I'm his, I'm his. He is mine. Don't keep running away from what God's called you to do. Don't keep running away from what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Embrace it. Accept it. So as they sing this song again, it's something I kind of hurried through, spoke to your heart. You said, I'm delaying obedience to you, God. I know I know you want more for my life than what I'm walking in right now. Or I know you've put a calling on me to do something for you. I know you've given me that promise. If that's you this morning and you need God to just show up, to encourage you, then I'm gonna open up these altars for you to pray. I'm gonna open up these altars for you to be obedient to God. If something spoke to your heart, be obedient. Be obedient. Go say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I need your help to get through this. Well, the altars are open.
1: skies, heavy with blessing. Lift your eyes, offer your heart. Jesus Christ, open the heavens. Now we receive the Spirit of God. Call forth in its time You are Lord, Lord of the harvest, calling our hope now to arise. promise to come everything that you have spoken will come to pass
0: calling that God's put on your life be obedient to it and trust that his grace is sufficient for you trust in his power trust in his might that he will put the resources in front of you that you need that he'll he'll work things out where you don't even see him working it out and he'll help you in your obedience and he'll help you be an overcomer and he'll bless whatever you put your hand to